What a cool Sunday, hey? Who loves baby dedications? I am a father of three. I have uh, beautiful kids. I have Kiara, who we all know, she's 10. Jai, he's eight. Lila is six. I have been reading a book recently on raising daughters. I'll then be reading a book on raising sons because I wanna do a good job. Um, Is that fair enough? Who who thinks that they set out in life and, and they actually, they wanna be good at what they do? Give me a wave if that's you. You actually don't wanna go, I set out to be a hack. I wanna do it so average that everyone complains when I do stuff. You know, actually, side note, I felt like my older brother did that with the dishes growing up. He did them so bad that we gave up on asking him to do the dishes because we'd have to do them. And so young men and women out there, that is a good plan um, if you don't wanna do dishes. That one's for free. But I wanna be, I wanna be a good dad. I still, when I was thinking about uh, these dedications uh, this week and thinking about my own circumstances, I still remember when Kiara was born. I still remember. For me, I don't know what it was like for each person uh, that is a father. Uh, There'll be people in here that one day will be. Uh, Mums, I I think, are different. But for me, when I I first held Kiara, uh, I loved her. uh, But to me, the weight of responsibility uh, was just massive. I'm like, whoa. You know, I was 23 years old. We'd been married for a few years. Um, You know, the reality was God knew Kiara was coming. We found out on the journey uh, wasn't in the plans. So all of a sudden I thought I had this child. I really wanna do a good job. I don't just wanna be a dad for being a dad's sake. I don't just wanna be a husband for being a husband's sake. I don't wanna be a, a friend. I actually wanna be good. I actually wanna do things well. So I had the wisdom to ask God to help me. I said, Lord, would you help me? Help me to be a good father. I ask God, help me to be a good minister. Help me to be a good friend. Help me to be good at what I do. I need your help, God, because I know I'm not perfect, but I don't wanna do it alone. And who knows that along the journey, it's great to make that statement, but things sometimes can be more difficult than they seem. Does anybody agree with me? Let me explain one of the examples in my world. My daughter, according to the book I'm reading by Dr. James Dobson, it's called Raising Daughters. It says in there that that females have up to 25,000 words a day. 25,000. I'm sure that there are women that go above that. There's a lot of applauding. Dan, don't applaud too hard. Karen's right next to you. I'm sure that there are women that go below that. It says that males, have around 7,000 words. Some of them go over that. I'm sure there are some that go under. Give me a wave if you're an under. Give these men grace. When they are quiet, they have nothing left to give. Leave them be and get in early tomorrow. So what's happening is I know that Kiara is definitely above 25,000. So at night time, when I put her to bed, I wanna be a good father. And I have to pray entering the room, Lord, give me the strength to listen. Because <laughs> what if those of you that have ever been in a relationship, this is generally how it works, is that if you've had kids, it can be the same. With my daughter, it goes like this, Dad, I have two questions. 
Near my mind, I go, they're not questions. They're long stories with no point. <laughs> and I'm in a battle. I am in a battle to pay attention. I want to be a good father. I want to love my daughter. And I know that in her words is actually her heart. She wants my attention. She wants to know her dad loves her. She wants to know her dad is interested in her day. This is what she wants. But this is what's happening. As the words speak, I feel my eyes, this weight come upon them. And I'm in a battle. I'm like, Lord, I can't do this in my own strength. I need your help. But this is, this is, this is the win. When you have a relationship with Jesus, when you have a relationship with God, He is the secret ingredient. He is the one that will help you. He is the one that will guide you. He is the one that will strengthen you. See, I go, that, that, that's just a, a, you know, a light example of the challenges that we could face in life. There are many different types of challenges when we're trying to do things well, when we're trying to steward what God has given us, but yet we can declare that we wanna do well, we believe we wanna do well, but often it's, it's not as easy as it seems. It requires consistency, absolutely. It requires diligence, absolutely. But as a believer, and what I wanna encourage you with today is simply God will help you. God will help you. Think about the different circumstances of life where there can be trials. I think about finances. I think that that's a big one for many, many people. You often go, oh my gosh, Christmas is coming. People are setting up Christmas trees in November. That is not allowed at this church. There's one in the front row. Think before you speak. You can do it. It's not a problem. Me personally in my household, will honour the Lord, December. <laughs> Amen. But what's happening is Christmas time, especially in our society, let's, let's think about it in reality. We go, wow, we got to get in our family, we got the cousins, and then we got the brothers and sisters, then we got the close friends, then we got the gifts for each other. In our society, there is this pressure where we feel we have to buy. There's nothing wrong with being generous. There's nothing wrong with want to do it. I think it's awesome. But how crazy is it sometimes when we go, okay, I'm in a bit of a trial here where I need God's help because I know the bills that are coming in. I know the income that is coming in. I know the gifts and the presents and the season that I'm about to enter in. And all of a sudden, Father, I think I'm gonna need your help. I'm gonna need your help. I think that's, I wanna do well. I wanna make sure that my finances are in order and that I'm honouring God, but I also know the expectation. I'm like, Father, would you help me? Has anybody ever been there with the finances? The fridge breaks, the car breaks, the air conditioner goes, then all the bills come in. God, will you help me? God, will you help me? And He will. What about relationships? Sometimes we think we're trying to do well. I, I know for me, I, I, I sometimes struggle with people's expectations of me. And I remember working in my gap year at a place called Braces and Faces. It was an orthodontics. I was a dental assistant. It was the most boring job of all time. But what happened is there was an individual that worked there that for some reason I annoyed this person. Now I'm fully self-aware that I can be annoying, but I was trying hard. I was trying really hard. I'm like, hey, you know, I'll get this person's workspace organised, you know, and you know, and I try to, yeah, yeah, no love for me. I'm like, oh, 
all of a sudden, I'm like, Father, you have to help me. I'm trying to be a representative for you. I'm trying to do well. You have to help me. What about it when you've got those family members and all of a sudden you see an emergence of a new attitude? Uh, there's a new opinion. There's some sort of influence that's going in and all of a sudden you're thinking, I've got to speak into this. This isn't right. God, I need your help. I need your wisdom. I need your timing. It's another trial in doing family well, in doing relationships well. What about health? I think that's a big one. I think often people can find themselves when they're, they're battling for, for health. And that's not anybody's fault or any situation. It's just sometimes this is what happens. We live in a world that isn't perfect. And all of a sudden there are people that they're like, Lord, I need your help to get through this situation. I, I need you to intervene. I need you to move. God, will you help me? It's the same with stewarding doing exercise. It's the same with trying to eat well. It's the same. You know, I, I am trying to be an example to a family of mine. This is my world. I'm trying to, to share with you the fact that I'm asking God to help me. I'm praying continually because I know that God will help me. I just need to ask Him. In my family, there's a strong history of, of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to be healthy as an example to my family, as an example to our community. But man, I need God's help when there is dessert on offer. Can I get an amen? amen. You know, and it's not even dessert. It's really any kind of food, really. If it's bread, then I'm like, Lord, help me with the bread. Forget the cake. It's really whatever's in front of me at the time. Who eats? Who? Because I've been so good all day and then you fall apart at the last hurdle. Can I see those people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got no answer. I'm just saying I, I'm with you. Let's ask for the Lord's help together. You know, in the book of Isaiah, we're gonna to turn to it, chapter 41. Prophetic books of the Bible, very interesting to me. I, I love them, but we, we all know, you've heard me speak about it before. Israel and, and the book of Isaiah, they're, they're caught in cyclic behaviour where it's being prophesied over them that you've done something wrong, God will punish rebellion, He, he will, but then He's gonna redeem you. He'll restore you. He'll look after you. He'll help you. And in Isaiah 41, we see the context here where, where God is actually, He's addressing the world. He's addressing nations. He's addressing things. And what happens in this context, and I'll work my way through it with you and, and try. Um, there's a bit here. So Father, give me wisdom. Um, the reality is this God is, is bringing judgment. The world panics because they've seen the power of God. But then Israel, you don't need to panic because I've chosen you, I'm with you. I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna make you strong. I'm gonna give you strength. And then God says, and not only that, I'm gonna help you. I'll provide for you from my endless resources. God will always help His people. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would speak. Lord, I pray that every person in this room, as they leave today, as they listen, wherever they're at on their journey, wherever they're going home afterwards, whatever, Lord, their life looks like, let them know that they can call on you for help. Let them know that you are there. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. amen. So Isaiah 41, I'm gonna read you a few scriptures. I'm gonna jump around, so just keep up with me. 
as best you can. It will be on the screen. Um, and uh, Jackie, I'm sorry, just, just you do whatever you can do and it'll be good. See, they take away the microphone. I'll make the slides difficult, Jordan. <laughs> be silent before me, you islands. Let the nations renew their strength. Let them come forward and speak. Let us meet together at a place of judgment. What's happening is God is effectively saying to the pagan nations of the world, come to my courtroom. Come, we're gonna have a conversation now about what's going on, what you've been doing. He says, who has stirred up the one from the east? This is a guy that they believe is Cyrus, a guy that brought together the Persians and the Medes and he raised up an army, but they're a pagan nation. It says, calling him in righteousness to his service. God's saying, come, I've got a plan. He hands nations over and subdues kings before him. This is God. He turns them to dust with his sword, to windblown chaff with his bow. This is the strength of God. He pursues them and moves on unscathed by the path of his feet not travelled before. Who has done this and carried it through? Calling forth the generations from the beginning, I, the Lord, with the first of them and with the last of them, I am he. God is saying, come to my courtroom. It's time for judgment. Come. I'm all powerful. But then what happens, it says this, the islands have seen it, this is all the nations, and fear and the ends of the earth tremble. They've gone, God is powerful. We've seen what he's done in Israel. Uh-oh. It says, they approach and come forward. They help each other and say to their companies, be strong. It says to the metal worker, encourage the goldsmith. And the one who smooths with the hammer spurs on the one who strikes the anvil. And the one uh, one says of the welding, it is good. The other nails it down that the idols will not topple over. What's happening here is that the, the nations of the world, they go, they go, oh, quick, we need to, we need to build our gods. Uh, we're, we're so scared, uh, we're in trouble. Let's build something uh, at which that we can uh, then worship and we can then pray to because we're in trouble, we're in fear. It's very interesting, which I'll come back to in a minute. It says, they nail them down. The others nail down the idols so they will not topple over. But then the transition now into the hope. But you, Israel, God's people, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, your descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from the farthest corner I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He then goes on to say a few things. He says in verse 14, which we'll skip a little bit for a minute, pretty much what he says uh, in, the, in the preceding scriptures is that no matter what happens, it ain't gonna affect you. It'll come to nothing. I have your back. And then he says very interesting in verse 14, it says, don't be afraid, you worm, Jacob. That really builds you up, doesn't it? You worm, you worm. Be encouraged, you worm. Little Israel, do not fear for I myself will help you, declares the Lord. Then goes on to say, if you go to verse 15, the end of it, it's a great example. It says, you will thresh the mountains 
and crush them and reduce the hills to chaff. What he's really saying there is nothing can stand against you when God's on your side. Doesn't matter about your strength, doesn't matter about your ability, doesn't matter about anything, God is with you. And then goes on to say that not only will God look after you, but where you are, it's barren, but I'm gonna produce fruit there. There's gonna be trees that'll come there. There's gonna be an abundance of water that'll come there. And then it finishes with this in verse 20. It says, and so that people may see and know. They may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this, that the Holy One of Israel has created it. What's happened is God will help His people. God will look after His people and the whole world will know. Our testimony is that God helped me. He provided for me. He strengthened me. He is with me. This thing here is about reassuring God's people that He is with them, He is for them. So the first thing that I wanna look at this morning is this, and Jack, you can bring up the first point. I am chosen. I am chosen. If you look in verse eight and you look in verse nine, it says this, but you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen. It says, I have chosen you in verse nine and not rejected you, so do not fear, I am with you. God is talking about his people that is chosen. We know here today that our context is this, that once you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you become a son and a daughter of the Most High God. You become God's chosen people. Amen. The moment that you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, know this, that who God chooses, He'll use. And I know that God in my life, but my testimony has been that He chose me and there have been many examples in my life where from the fact that I knew that I was chosen, because this is the reassuring factor to the people of Israel, the fact that God has chosen them, the fact that they're God's people can give them strength, can give them hope, can remove fear and give peace because they know that God has chosen them as He's chosen you. I remember as a young man sitting uh, uh, one of the toughest exams in my degree, I went to the University of Ballarat to uh, do nursing. I did a bachelor degree in nursing and uh, there was a class that was called anatomy and physiology and it wasn't going well for a lot of people. It had a 50% fail rate. Now, 50% fail rate meant one in two would obviously pass. That's mass seat and that was great. <laughs> Don't know why I said that. But what it meant is that if you failed, it added one whole year to your degree. And that was not cool. So I remember going, I will not fail this subject. I will work hard. God, I know that you've called me. I know that you've chosen me to be a nurse for that season. I know this is what you want me to do. So I'm gonna be diligent. And I studied and I worked and I worked. And then on the day of the exam, uh, I woke up uh, very unwell. Um, I had something that required immediate medical attention. Uh, at the time, I didn't realise that. Um, I won't go into what it was, but it's, that's where the area is. So um, <laughs> I had a twisted testicle. I went there. I knew I couldn't keep it a secret. <laughs> <sighs> I said to Greg, I wouldn't. I, told, I can't help myself. <laughs> the eyes are up here, people. 
So anyway, I'm in this exam, I'm struggling. It's a three hour exam, three hours. The way it works is that you're not allowed to leave in the first half an hour. You're not allowed to leave in the last half an hour. I'm there, I'm sweating, I'm in pain. It's, it's not going well for me. I left with the exam that was a three hour in length. I went at the 31 minute mark. I couldn't be there. I remember going through it and saying, Lord, you know I did the work. I know that you've chosen me to do this. I know this is something I need to do. Father, you have to help me. I've got to get out of here. I can't, I can't stay here any longer. Do you know that with a 50% fail rate, I passed in 31 minutes out of 180 minutes, I passed with flying colours. I got 51.8%. 51.8, that 1.8, I'm telling you now, 31 minutes, it's not bad. But what happened is in that moment, I had done all the work. But I knew that God had chosen me so in my moment of need, in my moment where I couldn't help myself, I said, God, I know you've chosen me. Now you have to help me. If you think about your families, you think about your lives, God has chosen and positioned you to be exactly where you're meant to be. He's sovereign, He's in control. So ask God to use you because He's chosen you for this purpose and for this time. So if there's a battle that you've got going on, if there's a situation that's going on at the moment, know this, that God chose you for that moment. And He will help you. He will walk with you. You've got to remember who's on your side. You see, in the portion of Scripture that we read, it says in verse 8, I believe, it says, But Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, verse 9, sorry, I look to the ends of the earth, and from the furthest corner I have called you, I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you. You do not have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid because in being chosen, it meant that God was with us. See, I love the portion of Scripture that says this, that, that when, when the guys that don't have God in their life are, are, are in trouble, it says that they go and they build these idols. They build these idols. But I love that in the Scripture it says, the others nail down the idols so it will not topple over. So everything that they're building their faith on can't actually stand up on its own strength. But yet in verse 10, it says, Do not fear, for I am with you. This is God. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you. See, in a world that's putting their trust in money, which can topple over, in their career, which can topple over, in their health, which can topple over. When you're chosen by God and He is with you, you have a God that holds you up. Right. So know that you were chosen. It means God has chosen you for a purpose, but it also means that He is with you and that He will uphold you in any circumstance. God is with you. So as I pondered, I thought about this. The last time you faced a challenging circumstance, what did you run to? Last time you were stressed out, was it God? Or was it your health? Or was it your career? Or was it something in your own strength? Because I know I can run to a God who holds me up, amen? amen. Come on. What did you feel? 
I often think I wonder, uh, Israel being small, how did they feel when they would face a trial? Were they angry? Were they bitter? Were they confused? See, a bit of all of that, actually. But we need to recognize that because we have God with us, we can have peace, faith. We can trust in Him, recognizing that God has chosen you for the moment and He will help you. I wanna go to the next thought. Strengthened by God. I loved the scripture. Do not be afraid, you worm, Jacob. It's my favorite thing. I Googled worms. Do you know some worms are 90% water? That's 10% substance. Such an encouraging word. And then he goes on to even go better. I've had this little Israel. Do not fear. Why? For I myself will help you, declares the Lord. Your Redeemer, your Holy One, the Holy One of Israel. See, I will make you into a threshing sledge, new and sharp with many teeth, which is interesting. Worms don't have any teeth. What God is saying is that he's gonna strengthen what is a small and vulnerable nation He's gonna strengthen them. He then goes on to say that even mountains won't stand in your way. You will, you will knock them down. There will be nothing that you can't do when God gives you strength. God will strengthen you. Give me a wave if you've ever been in a circumstance where you know the supernatural strength of God has come on your life. You just know that people have been praying. It's a thing, it happens. God strengthens you. Sometimes for yourself, sometimes for others. But the fact is that we can help others because God can give us the strength to do so. It's actually God at work in us. I remember a few years ago, hey, who enjoyed Lockheed's chairing this morning? Isn't he a great man of God? Give him a hand. Give him a real big hand. I remember a few years ago, it was beautiful. Let me tell you a little story. And... Um, What's happening is uh, a young guy by the name of Mason and his wife, Jess, they're getting married. Lockie's in the bridal party. And uh, while they're in the bridal party, they're in the middle of the vows. Now, let's give some context. Super hot day. Very, very small chapel that's overfilled with lots of people. And what happens is as the vows are going, April begins to prod me, go and help Lockie. So they're in the middle of the wedding. I'm not gonna go and help. Look at Lockie. He is absolutely, he's gone. He's absolutely gone. I'm not gonna help him, April. It's the middle of the vows. Anyway, he then goes on to place his head on front of the person in front of him. Right, and I'm thinking, <laughs> right. April, go and help him. Thinking, oh, Father, I'm gonna have to help him. I'm thinking of the moment, you know, the difference with a bad sermon is you got next week. The difference with a wedding, that's it, you're done. That's the moment. They're in the vows. They're pouring love for one another. They've got the friends to come and witness and there's Lockie. Gone. Anyway, what had happened is he had had a massive drop in his blood pressure. He's unconscious, but they're keeping him upright. <laughs> Quick lesson, someone's unconscious, lie them down. Gets the blood flow to the brain a lot easier. Um, also less awkward for the room. So what's happening is Lockie has now plummeted into a corner. He's in a corner, he's sort of lying down. I arrive on the scene. 
This was my moment, ladies and gentlemen. I have witnesses, it's on video. I am not that strong, but in that moment, in front of all these people, I deadlift Lockie <laughs> onto the stage. I called the bridal party to make sure I didn't have the spirit of exaggeration. This happened, people. I deadlifted him. I deadlifted him <laughs> onto the stage and then was able to help him. Very awkward, but he's okay. Let's give him another hand. <laughs> this, is, this is the point. You can say, was it adrenaline? Probably, but I believe God gave me that adrenaline in order to be able to help in that situation. See, what can happen is you've got to understand, no matter the circumstances that you may face, God can strengthen you for the moment. Do you know, there are times when people walk into situations and you walk in going, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have all the answers. From now on, walk in that what God is saying to Israel is you're a worm, you're weak, you can't do it alone, but I will strengthen you. Walk into those situations saying, God, I need you to strengthen me. God, I need you to give me wisdom. God, if you've chosen me, I know that right now you are using me. I am not perfect. You are not perfect. We are not perfect, but we can be used because our God is gracious, our God is good, and He will strengthen those that He has chosen and He will strengthen those that He's called so that He can use them. How do I know this? Philippians chapter 2, 13 says, as my notes moved around, it says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. It's God at work in you. God, we're doing something in your life in order to strengthen you for the moment so that you can help others. God is a God that is with you. God is a God that will help you. God is a God that will strengthen you for the moment. You wanna do it well? Ask God, God, help me to do it well. I'll have the band come back up. You know, as I talked about uh, this scripture during the week with, with Greg and with our staff and, and with people, and as I pondered it, I, I found it interesting that God will always declare who He is. He'll always declare, I am, I am a provider. I, I am your strengthener. I am for you, not against you. But the thing is, what I love about God is that what He declares, He'll then prove. He'll prove it in your life. I think it's an honour when we go through stuff that grows us. Right now, as my children mature, I'm growing. Right now, as our church matures, we're growing. Right now, as your business matures, you're growing. As you continue in your study, you're growing. As you continue to love your children and your grandchildren, you're growing. And there will be circumstances where you require God's strength and, and Him to use you. But, but I realise this is, I believe that's when we're at our best. I, I was thinking about it, when, when money is good, when relationships are good, when, when, when times are going really well for me, I am inclined to pray less. But yet, when things get hard or money gets hard or time gets hard or relationships get hard, I pray more. I want God in my situation. And the fact is this, is that when I'm leaning into God, I am at my best. And sometimes God will bring situations into your world 
to encourage you to grow. And the reason why He's stretching you is because He needs you at your best in order to win, in order to be successful. When you're calling God into your circumstances. I think there's power in knowing things through knowledge. I think there's greater power in knowing them through experience. I know that God is my provider, I know it, but I have also experienced it. There are people in this room that know God is healer, but then there are people in this room that have experienced His healing. There are people in this room that have experienced things through trials that have given them a greater understanding and appreciation of the love of a God that will help you in every situation of your life, no matter what you go through, no matter how big or small. What I love about this portion of Scripture is simply that what happens is Israel's small and they're weak, but God will strengthen them. They have no resource. They have no strength or capability or ability to really do anything. They're in a desert. But God says, it's okay. I know that there are people that are thirsty and have need. I know that there are people that that have dry mouths, but know this, that I'm a God that has limitless resource to be able to help you. So I'm gonna send water. I'm gonna plant trees. I'm gonna make the place fruitful. And the whole world will be able to see through your trial that you couldn't do alone I came and helped you. So he finishes with this. So that people may see and know that you had nothing. You couldn't get out of it your own. But yet I, your God, the Holy One of Israel, the one who wants to come and help you, who has come and helped you, says this, that they may see and know and may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this. The Holy One of Israel has created it. Sometimes you go through trials so that you get a testimony so that the Lord can be made famous and that the world can see what God has done through you. Life has ups and downs, but God's for you. Life can get difficult and complex, but God is with you. God can help you. God can strengthen you and God will provide for you because He's a good God. Can we stand this morning? In closing, I just wanna pray. I wanna pray that there might be situations, stuff going on in people's private worlds right now where they actually need the strength of God. They've gone in with the perspective they're a worm They don't have the resource, they don't have the understanding, they don't have the words, they don't have the finances. And you need to understand that you don't need any of that because you have a God who's with you in the circumstance. And you go, God, you've chosen me, therefore you're with me. Through a relationship with Jesus, I know that I am now yours. Will you help me? Will you help me with my workplace? Will you help me with my children? Will you help me with my health? Father, I just wanna do well. I just wanna do good. Father, help me, help me to be the best I can be. And Lord, I thank You that as You provide, Lord, it's my job to tell the world, 
so that people may see, hear and understand that it was you who helped me. It was you who helped me. So with every eye closed across this place, just in this moment. The reason why I want eyes closed, it's not spiritual or religious, it's private. Because if your eyes are closed, you can't see other people's worlds. You're just focused on yourself and, and talking to God. A God that loves you, that wants to help you, that's for you. I don't know if there are people here today with every eye closed that you're in a circumstance or you're not even in a circumstance, but you're feeling discouraged and you need to know that the helper of Israel is what a title is in my Bible. The helper of God's people, God Himself is for you. He'll help you and He'll strengthen you, whether that be in spirit, whether that be in resource, whether that be in circumstance. And you need to just refresh your mind today from the perspective God is with you. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I'd just love to pray. Raise it up high and quick. Awesome, 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 awesome. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You that as people that walk with Jesus, we know that You are for us. Father, Your Word says that if God is for us, what could be against us? So Lord, I pray for every person in this room today that whatever they walk into this coming week, Lord, let them know that You are with them. Father, let them know that You strengthen them. Father, let them know that You are for them as they live for You. God, help them, we pray. Lord, I thank You that it's not in our skill or ability. We recognise that right now. That is You, Holy Spirit, at work in us to strengthen us to do what You've called us to do. Father, we love You. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. I just wanna pray one last thing as well. If everybody could close their eyes again and then we'll sing a song and then we'll have coffee and, and tea and biscuits and whatever you do after church talk. With every eye closed, I just wanna ask a question. You know, today I've spoken about the love of a God for His people. And my Bible tells me that the way that you become the people of God is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, what that means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ is that, is that you recognise that you've done stuff wrong. You recognise that you're not perfect, but see, God knew that we weren't perfect. So what He did is He sent His Son to pay the price for the things that we have done wrong. And the Bible says that when you have a relationship with Jesus, you become a child of God. So what I wanna do is with every eye closed, if everyone could have them closed and looking down, I wanna ask if there is anybody in here today that doesn't know what it is to have a relationship with God, a God that loves them and wants to help them. I'd love to have a conversation with you after church. I'd love to pray for you right now. I'll just say something and you can stay in your seat. But afterwards, I'd like to talk to you about what it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But if you feel that that's something you want, with every eye closed, would you just give me a wave? Yep, fantastic, yep, awesome, awesome. 
That's great. So what we're gonna do right now is we're just gonna pray a little prayer. Um, for those people that raise their hand, I'm gonna wait down the front after the service. I want you to come and see me. It'll take you two minutes. It won't be awkward. Just wanna give you a, a booklet that explains and just chat with you. But what we're gonna do now is we're gonna pray together as a community. I'm gonna say something and then you're gonna say something. Um, and then what we're doing uh, is we are just praying a prayer uh, to ask God to come into our lives, to ask Jesus to come into our lives. So I'm gonna say something. So why don't we close our eyes and pray. Dear Jesus, thank You that I can ask You for forgiveness. I believe that You are real. I believe You're a man that lived, died on a cross, and rose again. Jesus, I pray that You would come into my life so I can have a relationship with You. In Jesus' Name, Amen.